What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 18 of season five. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Dog, back at it again with my dear friend, Kurt. I cannot wait to talk about the Patriots, Kurt. I'm so excited. Mm, that makes one of us. <laughs> that mm. makes zip, zero, zilch, nada, none of us, Kurt. Yeah, literally uh, hard pass. Just yeah. no thank you. This has been the most depressing season of all time. It, it, Kurt, it is fucking so bad. Like, we're historically losing, which is never a place you really want to be. I mean, I guess if you're going to lose, do it big, I guess. But, like, it doesn't make it any more fun. <laughs> oh, laugh so we don't cry. Um, the, band. the only thing I am concerned about at this point is the draft. And yeah. I have to wait till April for that. So, well, that. That's all I'm looking forward to, pal. Yeah. Well, first of all, true. But second of all, Kurt, every single I'm scoreboard watching because I'm I'm locked in on this draft order. And Kurt, let me tell you, every you know how they say like every win counts or every win matters? Every loss counts and every other team win. I'm like I was ecstatic somehow seeing the Cardinals beat the Steelers last week. Spoilers, we're gonna get to that in a bit. That was an ecstatic win for the boys oh, in Bruno. It's interesting, right? Because the Patriots currently hold. We are going into week 14 of the NFL season. Yeah. The Patriots have the number two pick in the NFL draft. Fuck yes. Talk fuck dirty yeah. to me, Kurt. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> so I'll go through the Patriots schedule in a second. But the Patriots only one game out of that. Like, if the Patriots were 1-10, in 10, right? Or 1-11, in 11, whatever the fuck they are. 1-11. They would have the first pick because of strength of schedule. So. That means we are literally just one game back of having the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Bruno, yeah. I will go through our remaining games. Yeah. Okay. I'm but ready. I want to go through. They're competing with the Panthers. Yeah. Panthers currently one and eleven. Just fired their head coach. Yeah. They're all that fun stuff. They have, they have some games here that you know they could fuck around and find out find a win. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? They, <laughs> find a win. Okay. So they're the Saints. This week, Saints. That's winnable. They're not very good. That's winnable. No Derek Carr. The Fal- winnable. Then the Falcons. Winnable. Winnable. Just show up. Then the Packers and the Jaguars. They'll lose both those games. Probably not. Probably not. But then the Bucks, who they just lost to by three. Spoiler. They just lost to by three this last week. Bruno, I see three potentially winnable games there. Am, am I seeing Panthers NFC South champions if they win all those division games? <laughs> I, I don't think that's possible anymore, but am I still seeing it? You know, I see four wins. <laughs> I see four. I see, can I get a four? Can I get can four? I get four? Uh, Bruno, so uh, like three winnable games there for the boys. Yep. yep. And then you look at the, the pitter-patters over here. At the, at the Steelers. That's, Don't get me wrong. I'm nervous about this we, game. I'm nervous. We might win this one. We I'm might nervous. have to win this one. But then we have the Chiefs. Lost. We will get our doors blown off. But it might be more low scoring than you think because their offense kind of stinks too. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. I guess got rid of it. Um, so then we go to Denver on the Lots. C-word Eve. We'll, we don't do well in Denver. We'll lose. That's yeah. great. That's Let bad. Russ cook. Yep. And then we have the Bills up in, up in Buffalo. And you just got to hope Buffalo's pissed. You got to hope yep. they're really mad that you know we have two wins this year. And one of them is them. They can score points. So They can score them. points. They will manifest that. They will score yeah. points. They will blow our doors off. That's that's another loss. And then the Jets. That's the concerning one. <laughs> we, <laughs> Bruno, just by default, we're going to win. We've won 16 straight times, whatever, 15 straight times. Do you know what happens if us and the Panthers have the same amount of wins? It goes to strength of schedule. 
we want the higher or lower? We want the lower strength of schedule because it means you played worse teams and you still lost. <laughs> I think the Panthers are going to have that because their schedule seems easier than ours does. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, so Panthers. We're, we're Panthers fans. I'm about to put on a fucking gang green jersey on in week 17. Watch, watch me be a Jets fan. You know, and we can't even we can't even root for the UConn angle anymore because they said Tim Boyle get the fuck out, and he started two games, and then they told him to bag his fucking bags. Brett Rippian, baby, he said that's enough. Thank you for coming. Not even a thank you. They were just like get out. Well, it's funny. On uh, Aaron Rodgers has been making his daily media or his oh my weekly media tour around ESPN, and he's talking he's talking about how much he loves the quarterback room. Does uh, he? And he was like, I, I love Zach Wilson. He gives us a long answer about how much he loves Zach Wilson. Then they asked about Tim Boyle. And he's like, yeah, nice, nice kid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, well, that's not, a, that's not a resounding good thing about, no. about Mr. Boyle. And he was so, his boy, too, because he was from the backers. That's even kind of weird. He must really suck. He must be just ass. Yeah. <laughs> Little he, cheeks. Unwiped cheeks. Unwiped ass cheeks. Bruno, let's talk about some unwiped ass cheeks. Oh, okay? my God. What a segue. God. What, what a segue. We're going to talk about Will Levis. Kidding. Mm. That was a joke. That was mean. Boo. <laughs> tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> but, Bruno, we are going to talk about a, a game that was actually better, again, a little bit better than advertised. Um, mm. Going into this this uh, week 13 matchup between the Colts and the Titans, we found ourselves an OT, pal. We got an OT thriller to start this one. Bruno, Again, we talked about it on the pick six. Notoriously awful at picking yeah. Titans games over here. Yeah. Bruno, we got one, bitch. We fucking got one. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> Bruno, Colts win 31-28 in <laughs> overtime. Bruno, not a lot to go off of in this game. I will say this, though. I will say this. Okay? Gardner Minshew, say what you want about the man. Say what you want. Okay. I'd take him on my fucking team right now. Oh, that's true. I'd take him on my team. Bruno, he goes 26 of 42 for 312 in the air and two tutties. Here's the thing. No picks, no fumbles. Mm. Wouldn't that be fucking nice, huh? Yeah. Uh, on the other side, Will Levis, not very efficient. 16 of 33 for 224 and a touchdown. I don't know if you saw this, Bruno. A little sideline blow up with him and DeAndre Hopkins. Did you see that? I did. I saw the, I mean, Kurt, I can understand why. But here's the thing. You know, DeAndre Hopkins seemed relatively calm. Will Levis is fucking freaking the fuck out. Freaking out that, you know, he De- DeAndre Hopkins didn't put in a good enough effort. Homeboy, you threw the ball 19 yards out of bounds. You didn't even give him a chance to make a play. <laughs> and so when he turns around and looks pissed, don't give it back to him. Throw the ball in bounds. Like, it just, a, just a disaster in this game. But, Bruno, I will say, I will say, this game, did, did you see... How the uh, the Titans did not win the game in regulation? Did you see this? Mm. Mm. Okay, mm. so steady Eddie Nick Folk. Okay, don't be out here doing my boy dirty. The long snap. I mean, the punter got hurt in this game, which therefore meant you need a new you need a new holder, which means Ryan Tannehill. Get your sorry ass in the game. Oh no 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 no, bad bad hold. Nick Folk missed missed the extra point. Bad operation. Game's tied at 25 going into OT. Nick Folk does come out, kick a field goal in the first part of OT. And then all of a sudden, here come the Colts. Michael Pittman Jr., a little walk-off tutty celebration to beat the Titans in Tennessee, 31-28. The Colts also got two blocked punts in this game, Bruno. So uh, special teams coordinator, he saw the dole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy for the Colts, Kurt. It must be nice to just have injuries have unfortunate situations, but have coaching that kind of takes your team and finds some wins even in the face of adversity. Uh, you know, there's a certain team that we both watch that seems like we face adversity and just absolutely shit our pants for a continuous stream of diarrhea that lasts uh, 17, 18 weeks of the entire season. So, uh, shout out to the Colts. Uh, love, love what they're doing over there. Kurt, uh, speaking of just absolute shite, we have the Lions and the Saints. The shite I'm talking about isn't the Lions. The shite I'm talking about is the Saints. The Saints at five and seven. I, I'm really disappointed in the Saints. And I know we both had talked about them. And, you know, Derek Carr went there in the offseason. They had at one point thought that they were going to get Michael Thomas back, who has been injured literally the entire season. They did get Alva Kamara back, but he's only one man. They was at Taysom Hill. Like, they have all those pieces there. They're supposed to be a good team. And yet, 
We find them at five and seven. We find them losing this game to the Lions. They went down 21 to nothing in the first quarter, and that was pretty much it. Like, it was over. Like, the final score was 33 to 28. I think it's just because the Lions were just on autopilot, right? Like, it's sometimes when you go up by that much, it's just kind of like, all right, the game's over. So the Saints came back a little bit, but never really enough to make you think that the Lions weren't going to win. Uh, for the Lions, it's a good bounce back game. Uh, you know, Jared Goff was looked great in this game. Uh, his rookie tight end from Iowa, which again, if you've watched college football, one thing you know about Iowa is that they're the worst offensive team maybe in all of college football. All they do is punt over and over and over again. And somehow their tight ends that come out of Iowa, Kittle, uh, Noah Fant, um, there's someone else big I'm forgetting, Hawkinson and now Sam Laporta, like they just produce like star tight ends. This Laporta had nine catches, 140 yards and a touchdown. Pretty crazy that he's already at that level with Jared Goff as a rookie. So shout out Sam Laporta. Again, I guess we should say Derek Carr, he got injured. I don't. I feel like I don't even know what the injury is. I feel like he's just injured on every limb he has on his body. So I think it's just general, generally injured Derek Carr, uh, which is interesting because then Jameis comes in the game, which is always hilarious because then he just immediately, I feel like he always immediately throws like 10 interceptions. So it's always funny watching Jameis. They should have Taysom Hill like actually play quarterbacks more and see what he can do rather than Jameis but that's uh neither here nor there I guess so good win for the Lions they're nine and three I think I saw some stat that's like that's their best 12 game start since like the 1960s so shout out the Lions uh you know doing the damn thing and with the way things uh have been going in the NFC recently aka the Eagles which we'll talk about a little bit later not that I am predicting this but they are in a close race for the one seed it's just it just deserves to be said the Lions are in that conversation that's pretty sweet to say if you're a Lions fan I will say it is, Bruno, indeed. I I am very excited for the Lions. I, if somehow, someway, the Detroit Lions won the Super Bowl, I would be thrilled. <laughs> that would be awesome. Just, just thrilled. You know what I'm not thrilled about, though? Having to watch Falcons-Jets. That's not <laughs> That's not something you want to see, Bruno. Desmond Ritter and the Falcons do just enough in this one to pull out an early, ugly 13-8 win over the, the mightily struggling New York Jets. Uh, Desmond Ritter, Bruno, threw a touchdown pass to Michael Pruitt. Michael Pruitt. Bruno, if you knew that name, no, you didn't. You're lying. (laughs) Okay? He threw that touchdown in the second quarter. That was the only touchdown in the entire game. We had safeties. We had fumbles. We had penalty flags flying. Falcons kept slogging away in the rain. Slogging. That's a good word. And ultimately, they get a win. And Bruno, again, I thought the Jets would do enough in this one just from a defensive standpoint. And the, the Jets' defense tried, man. They gave it their best go. But Tim Boyle, as we mentioned, was not getting the job done for the Jets on the offensive side of the ball. They, The Jets, I mean, their offense is almost, not quite, but almost as bad as the New England Patriots. So that just needs to tell you all you need to know. Zach Wilson going back to being the starting quarterback this week. Apparently, quote, he's fired up about it, Bruno. You know who's not <laughs> fired up about it? Me and you. I don't want to see that shit. Give me a break. Yeah, I, I don't even think his own teammates want to see that shit. Uh, so here we are for the Jets. Uh, Kurt, it used to be a good thing uh, being compared to the Patriots. Nowadays, that's not something that you want to be making comparisons. To. So uh, R.I.P.I.P. for anyone who has to do that. Uh, one team that also will be compared to the Patriots this week is the Steelers because we're playing them tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. Before we get to tomorrow's game, the Steelers played the Cardinals, and now the Cardinals have been one of the worst teams in the league this year. Admittedly, they have only had Kyler Murray for the last like three games, so their first stretch of games was about Kyler Murray, so that's at least you got to like understand that. However, I don't think I would have guessed that the Cardinals would beat the Steelers, but uh, that's exactly what happened. 24 to 10. Sure is. Cardinals sure is. So, Kurt, that was a huge dub for the Patriots. The Patriots aren't getting very many wins. We love to see some Cardinals wins here, baby. Not only because, uh, you know, uh, Arizona just, you know, fun sports teams, whatever, but they were right next to us uh, in the standings. So they are not three wins. We are at two wins. So if we lose out, we'll have less wins than them, which is great. Uh, but one of those games, one of those teams we're going to have to be is the Steelers. So really quick about this game. Again, I guess the most notable thing, James Conner, kind of cool to see. He was on the Steelers at one point. He's now in the Cardinals. He had 100 plus yards and two touchdowns against his former team. You kind of love seeing like old players like stick it to their former teams. That was kind of cool to see for James Conner. The Steelers, we have to at least say this, Kenny Pickett got injured. Their offense was already struggling enough. And now when you're putting in Mitchell, the Mitchell Trubisky, it didn't exactly look good. So at least we have to mention that as for how this game kind of unfolded. Uh, so again, good one for the Cardinals. Kurt, that brings us to what's going to happen this week. And we'll talk about it later when we talk with the Patriots. Not that we are very inspired by anything Patriots related. But if we want to lose, 
it's not good that Mitch Trubisky is starting, but he is starting. So, shit. Yeah, no, that's not good for us. That's not. We don't want. We don't want Bill Belichick versus Mitch Trubisky? Are you kidding me? I don't want. Like, <laughs> at the same, at Bill Belichick's lost his fastball here a little bit, but like. He's yeah. still one of the best defensive minds in football. Patriots defense yeah. is balling. Patriots might suck. Their defense does not suck. So take that for what it is. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, this this game is literally going to be fucking 3-0. 3-0 yeah. final score yeah. from yep. Pittsburgh. Bruno, a team who doesn't just score three points a game. The goddamn Miami Dolphins. They put up 70 once this year. They just put up a casual 45 this week. That's one of the Patriots in the last fucking five weeks combined. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Bruno, Dolphins absolutely curb stomped the Commanders 45 yeah. to 15. 45 to 15. Remember that Commanders team? We lost to them. That's fun. That's uh, cool. Don't, don't say that. Bruno, on the first like fucking drive of the game, Tyreek Hill, first play of the, first play of the game for the for the Dolphins. 78 yard touchdown. Boy runs a little sluggo route, slant and go. He was off to the races. This game was fucking over before it even started. The, the Dolphins got up 17-0. Ultimately, they're up 31-7 at the half. Uh, Devon A-Chain, his back from IR, he had a he had a big game in this one. I think he had two or three touchdowns. He had two touchdowns in this one. Um, and, you know, before you before you know it, 38-7, the game was over. Sam Howe, garbage time touchdown late in the game, yada, yada, yada. The, the Dolphins are a good football team, Bruno. I believe, I believe, let me uh, do some quick math here, they might be the first... Are they the number one seed in the AFC right now? They are. Uh, they are. So they have the tie. Wait, are they? What's the tiebreaker? They win the tiebreaker over Baltimore based on best win percentage in conference games. So Ooh. they are six and two in the conference. Baltimore six okay. and three in the conference. Nice. Um, here's the thing about Miami, though. Bruno, their strength of schedule is the worst in the NFL. <laughs> Shit. Their strength of schedule is point three nine three. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Let's just take a peek. That's here. not even close to 500. That is fucking garbage. Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Bills, Giants, Panthers, lost to the Eagles. Patriots again, lost to the Chiefs. Raiders, Jets, Commanders. Oh They've oh beat God. So they're losing to the bad teams and beating, I mean, losing to the good teams and beating the shitty ones. So they finish with Titans. Oh God. They, fin- they go Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. So it ends tough. But okay. they're going to win the next two going away. So, I mean, the Dolphins are going to keep rolling here for a few weeks, look to build some momentum, and we'll see what happens. But Dolphins are pretty much pretty much for sure going to the playoffs. So that's what we got cooking down in South Florida. Yeah, and Kurt, while you were talking about that, I was taking a look at the AFC standings. There's more football to play, but there's really – you really can't make a convincing argument about who either the best team in the AFC is or who you think is going to come out of the AFC. The Dolphins in first place, you just said all their wins are against pretty much shitty teams, right? The Ravens in second place, let's not forget that they lost to the fucking Colts this year. Like, again, the Colts are better than expected, but the Ravens, I feel like, are always due to just lose a game, especially in the playoffs, that they should definitely win. Like, that year, Lamar was MVP, and they lost, like, the Titans in the playoffs, right? The Chiefs are a shell of their former team. We've given the Chiefs 12 games to show us an offense, and they have not, so I'm not confident in the Chiefs. And then it's, like, Jaguars, Steelers, Browns, you know, then you go on and on. So I don't know who the fuck is coming out of the AFC. It's kind of it's cool in a way. It's not like, you know, except when it was the Patriots. I'd always prefer to not know who's going to come out of the AFC. So, you know, that's Correct. just uh, an interesting position to be in. Kurt, the Panthers are in the position the Patriots want to be in, which is first in the draft order. And they further cemented that, though let us not forget the pick is not even their own because it's going to the Bears. Uh, they played the Bucks last week. They lost 21-18. to Going to be honest, really not much to say about this game. Uh, these are two NFC South teams that... Uh, both don't really look like they want to win the division. The Panthers literally can't, but the Bucks have every opportunity to still do that, and they're not being very convincing at all. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't even know what to think about Baker anymore. Like, he's not like like Bailey Zappi, uh, what's the guy that's a Tim Boyle levels of bad. Like, he's not that ass, but he's certainly not good either. He's just somewhere in the middle, which is probably, like, not a great place to be for a quarterback. And he's been on a bunch of teams. He's a former number one pick. He just is not really, I don't know, he, he's there because they. he's better than maybe the other options, but not because he's great. He finds some wins. He's helped uh, Mike Evans 
reached a thousand plus receiving this year, which puts him as the second player ever to have ten straight years with a thousand receiving yards, which is pretty crazy. The other one is Jerry Rice. He's a pretty good wide receiver, if you can recall. So good for Mike Evans. Outside of that, I mean good win for the Bucks, I guess, as they try to win their division. I don't really think any of those teams in that division wants to win their division, if we're being honest, because what would be the benefit? Like, all those teams are so ass that, like, sure, you'd host a playoff game, but, like, you're going to lose. So, right now, it's the Falcons at 6-6. Six and six. You have the Bucks and Saints right behind them at 5-7. and seven. <laughs> What a travesty it would be if the goddamn Atlanta Falcons host a playoff game. Wait, so one... What is it? So seven teams make the playoffs. One has a bye. Two plays seven. Three plays six. Four plays five. Dude, right now, the Falcons would be hosting the Cowboys. How no. fucking funny is that if you're the Cowboys? And, like, I don't think they would lose, but imagine you're the Cowboys and you somehow, like, go on the road and lose. That would be fucking so funny. To Desmond Ritter and Dijon <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> Yikes. Just a, just a disaster. Yeah. Bruno, let's talk yeah. about two teams going in two different directions in a playoff race right now, okay? I'm Go talking Rams-Browns. Rams get a big 36-19 victory over the Cleveland Browns. Matt Stafford throws three tutties on the way to the Rams' third straight win. Uh, Bruno, it's, like I said, two teams going in opposite directions. Three straight wins for the Rams, but while the Browns remain in playoff contention at 7-5 and five now, it just appears that they are not going in the right direction. Um Bruno, who is the quarterback for the Browns this week? Hmm. Joe Flacco! No, he is not elite. In case anyone <laughs> was wondering, he is still not elite. Uh, but Bruno, since returning to the uh, since returning to lineup from that thumb injury that Matt Stafford had, he has eight touchdown passes to one interception in the Rams' last three games. He's cooking right now. In this game, he was 22 of 37 for 279 and connected with Puka Nakua, Demarcus Robinson, and Cooper Cup for scores. So Rams fucking around finding out they're six and six right now, and Bruno, they are sniffing around the postseason. So it's it's something to keep your eye on here in a pretty bad NFC. Right now they're the eighth seed. They're one they're we're one spot back of a playoff spot. So Sean McFay got those boys playing hard out there. Yeah, and I like I know we always joke about this, but the Rams would not be an easy out in the playoffs because they can put up some points. They've, you know, won a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford has playoff experience now, so uh, we'll see if they can uh, uh, get their act together and string up some wins later on. But uh, good for the Rams, definitely going in a good direction. Kurt, this next game, Monday Night Football, that we will talk about right now, was an absolute wild affair back and forth. Bengals and Jaguars, kind of two mid-tier teams. Jaguars maybe a little bit higher recently. Uh, Duke out on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Bengals had not won on Monday Night Football since, like, 1990 or something like that. Uh, they have not won on Monday Night Football in a really long time. That all changed as they beat the Jaguars 34-31 to in overtime. And Joe Burrow didn't even play. Uh, people forget he's out for the season with his clap or Achilles or whatever he tore. So they started Jake Browning, who before this game, people just knew him as that quarterback on Washington. That was the four seed that one year in the college football playoff that lost maybe by 700 points to Alabama. That was a literal joke. So that's what I remember Jake Browning from. He had his first start last week. They scored 10 points and looked atrocious. So I don't think anyone was expecting him to play well this week. Kurt, let me just take a second and read some stats for you. It's not that many. I'm just going to read some stats. Jake Browning in this game, 32 for 37, 32 completions and five incompletions for 354 yards and a touchdown. That is literally insane. Like, if that was from, like, Joe Burrow, we'd be like, holy shit, Joe Burrow, popping the fuck off. That's from motherfucking Jake Browning. So if you're the Bengals, you're like, holy shit, we got a guy who's capable of winning some games because I would love to have a backup quarterback that was that good. Imagine if we had a backup quarterback who was that good. That'd be crazy. Imagine if we had a starting quarterback who was that good. (laughs) Also that. Also that. Uh, So the Bengals, they they got a lot of help all over the place. Joe Mixon, he had like 70 yards rushing and two touchdowns. I think Browning also ran in a touchdown, so he had two touchdowns himself. Jamar Chase finally had a Jamar Chase game. Uh, I know he's had some injuries this year and all that sort of stuff. He had 11 catches for 149 yards and a touchdown. Those are numbers you'd expect to see with with Joe Joe Burrow starting. With Jake Browning, I don't think we were expecting that, and yet that's exactly what we got. Uh, which was impressive because C. Higgins is still kind of injured, and so defenses could uh, kind of key in on Jamar Chase, but they couldn't stop him, even though they are, they are keyed in. Uh, for the Jaguars, 
obviously this is a damaging loss um not only to a team that is you know kind of in the hunt in the playoffs in the afc a chance for the jaguars to both cement themselves as the real deal but also kind of try to make a claim for that number one seed because if they had one they'd be nine and three which is the same record as the other two one seed teams tied right now but 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 despite those big losses the biggest story from this game was trevor lawrence going down getting injured in the game when it first happened it looked like one of those classic videos where he tried to stand up he couldn't he goes down on the turf he's taking his helmet off he's slamming his arms down on the on the turf or on the grass whatever it was and it's like one of those things where we've seen it like literally so many times this year alone where quarterbacks get injured and they know it right away and you're like fuck that dude is injured so right away the fear was like oh god jaguar season over uh trevor lords is out for the year reports came out it's a high ankle sprain or something. I think it's a high ankle sprain, something with his ankle. Uh, from what I've seen, Kern, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a season-ending injury. It seems like he has the chance to come back. I think they were even, I don't know if this is just like optimistic reporting, they were maybe even saying if this week wasn't a short week for them, there may have been a chance he plays this coming Sunday, which is kind of crazy because I feel like high ankle sprains, you don't fuck around with high ankle sprains. Um, but the good news for the Jaguars is... Uh, you know, he's not out for the season. If he was, I think you would say the season's lost because CJ Beathard, uh, another Iowa product, uh, is the backup quarterback for the Jaguars. The Jaguars this week have the Browns, probably a winnable game, especially with Joe Flacco starting. So maybe they can squeak out a win. But then next week they're playing the Ravens. So if you want any chance of the one seed or anything like that, you're going to have to have Trevor Lawrence back in two weeks for the Ravens. Um, but again, great win for the Bengals. I don't really know, you know, at six and six, I don't really know where the Bengals are going. They're 10th right now in the standings, but like, you know, fifth place is the Steelers at seven and five. So they're like literally one game out record wise of fifth place. So they're not that far out of it. But like, I guess the question is, is Jake Browning more the quarterback we saw two weeks ago when the offense scored 10 points and he looked horrible? Or is he more last week when he had 350 yards passing, a rushing and throwing touchdown and led the team like completely on offense? I don't know. So if he's anything like last week, they're going to be a dangerous team because the rest of the team is pretty good. So we'll, we'll see what it's looking like moving forward. Yeah, no doubt, Bruno. Couldn't agree more with you. Something to definitely keep an eye on. Um, Bruno, let's get into it. Let's go back a full week pretty much at this point. Rewind. And discuss. Uh, we touched a little bit briefly on last week's podcast. But that Seattle at Dallas game last Thursday Night Football. Uh, Bruno, Dak Prescott threw for three touchdowns and the Cowboys extended their home win streak to 14 straight games as they beat the Seahawks 41-35. This game was awesome. Just a sick game. Back and forth the entire time. Ultimately, in the end of this, Bruno, Dak Prescott hit a 12-yard a touchdown pass to tight end Jake Ferguson, who was talking some shit to Jamal Adams in this game, which was awesome. Put him in front with four and a half minutes to go. Ultimately, get the job done. Um, Geno Smith can't resurrect a, a, a big fourth-quarter drive at the end. And uh, Dallas won their fourth straight game after losing that game, Bruno, to the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia that really, truthfully, Bruno, they had no business losing. That game that should have been won ultimately was not won. They're going to have a chance to exercise some demons because you know who's coming to to Jerry World this week? Hmm. Fly, Eagles, fly. (laughs) These motherfuckers are coming into Jerry's world, and we're – we got ourselves an NFC showdown, brother. So, I mean, yeah. that game is something I am looking forward to. Uh, I will say this, Bruno. Geno Smith threw three touchdown passes to DK Metcalf, including yeah. a 73-yarder, and then he had a couple uh, short ones as well. But, I mean, yeah. Geno Smith put up 35 points against a pretty good Dallas defense. So, mm-hmm. ultimately, this game kind of came down to Seattle just couldn't get a stop when they needed it so desperately. Um, you know, Gino did throw one bad pick, and ultimately, that seemed to be the difference in the game. Like I said, DK Metcalf was just an absurd night. Six receptions, half of them were touchdowns for 134 yards. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, really good game. Uh, seven receptions for uh, 65 yards. Tyler Lockett was involved. The, the Seattle offense is pretty good. It's a pretty good yeah. offense, but I didn't expect them to put 35 on the Cowboys. I didn't expect the Cowboys to put 40, 41 on the Seahawks, but we had an old-fashioned shootout, Bruno. How about that? A little offense in a football game. Not something we're used to seeing as Patriots fans, but yeah. ultimately another massive win for the Cowboys. Bruno, the Cowboys are sitting there at 9-3 and three right now. 9-3 and three right now with obviously a monumental game coming up this weekend. If we take a sneaky peeky at... Mm-hmm. The, 
a snickety pickety at Dallas's remaining schedule here. Oh, they got some tough ones. Okay. Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders. So oh, we're going to see how legit the Cowboys are coming up here, Bruno. But uh, I'm telling you right now, Bruno, if this game is on the pick six, I'm coming for you, pal. I'm coming oh, for you. Oh, 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 I love to see that. Kurt delivers the warning. Kurt, I will say the Cowboys winning percentage right now is 397. So I wouldn't say they're as bad as the uh, Dolphins because they're .004 higher than the Dolphins. But this upcoming stretch will increase their strength of schedule, and we'll see what they're made of. Listen, if the Cowboys are peaking at the end of the season, if they go like 4-0 or 3-1 in those games, that's scary. So the other thing, to, I think you maybe said this, but just to emphasize, Eagles at 10-2, and the Cowboys are 9-3. and If the Cowboys literally just beat the Eagles, they have the same record, which that's kind of crazy when you think about like what we've been saying about the Eagles all year. So uh, big, 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 big game coming up. Stay, uh, stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. I'll tell you what I said about the Eagles this year. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you in a couple games. Don't worry. Just okay. Please. I mean, I, and Kurt, I have to, unfortunately, Kurt is right a lot of the time, but this is, Kurt has been on the 49ers train and therefore like just not the Eagles train for pretty much the entire year. So believe Kurt when he says that he called this before the season even started. I mean, not to, not to get ahead of ourselves. The fucking New England Patriots almost beat the Eagles this year. Okay, I told you. <laughs> yeah, it does. That that is a, if we almost beat you, or if we have beat you, cough cough Bills, you should be concerned because that's we hard. almost beat the Eagles, and the Cowboys curb stomped us just like they were supposed to. So, check one for the Cowboys. I think so. I think so. Kurt, uh, this next game, Texans and Broncos, uh, great game on paper. We picked on the pick six. Uh, it wasn't maybe the best game of all time in actuality, but it certainly was exciting, and it came down to the end. Uh, these were two teams who were both not winning their division, but have playoff hopes. Obviously, they're not like the top of the top, but they have playoff hopes. So both of these teams being 6-5 and five coming into that week, both really, really wanted to win this game for multiple reasons. It was the Texans that came out on top, and yet again, it was another great game from C.J. Stroud. He didn't break that 300-yard mark for passing. He had 274, but still, again, it's clear his whole team trusts him. He's the man of the offense, doing really well. Uh, one thing to say about this game, Tank Dell, one of the best stories of the NFL this year. You know, he's had a connection with C.J. Stroud. He's kind of this guy that wasn't supposed to be like, you know, a Justin Jefferson type. He just kind of came out of nowhere and is having a great season. Broke his leg. Really tough to see. He was so fun to watch and so fun to root for. And it sucks for C.J. Stroud, too. But you know what C.J. Stroud said? C.J. Stroud said, I don't give an absolute fuck because he just hit his next boy up. He said, Nico Collins, why don't you go off for nine catches, 191 yards, and a touchdown? What the fuck? 191 yards from Nico Collins? Nico Collins almost joined the 200 uh, receiving yards in one game club? That is fucking so funny, that Nico Collins. Like, again, no disrespect to Nico Collins, just not what I was expecting in a game like this. They needed every one of those 191 receiving yards because this was a little bit of a back-and-forth game. Uh, the, the the Texans never gave up the lead after having it, so it wasn't one of those situations. But in the fourth quarter, you know, they go up 22 to 10 and with 14 minutes left. And you're like, all right, game's over. They're going to ice it. It's going to be whatever. They don't score for the rest of the game. The, the Broncos, two minutes after that, they score to go down 20 or they're then down 22 to 17. And from then on out, it was close. If we're being serious here, if you watch the end of this game, this, I don't want to say the Broncos should have won this, but they easily could have won this game. They were driving all the way down at the end of the game. It was like, let Russell cook it. He was absolutely cooking. And then with, I think, like 10 seconds left or seven seconds left, uh, you know, he got rushed. The pass rush condo got to Russell Wilson, threw a bad pass and threw it up into the end zone, and it got intercepted in the end zone. So this is one of those games. It's kind of like Seahawks, you know, Russell Wilson getting flashbacks to Seahawks Patriots, driving down gets to and goal situation he's like oh we got this in the bag and then throws a horrendous pick same kind of deal so you know yes am i a patriots fan living in the past sure can you catch me in the past no you can't i'm gonna live there and stay there so fuck off if you try to get me from not talking about the seahawks so good stop for the texans that builds some confidence for the broncos that stops their winning streak i don't think this by any means means they're like uh, you know completely out of it the texans are a decent team so like it's not you know, it's a game they could have won. So you, there's no moral victories, but you can still say it's a game they could have won. Um, for the Broncos, they will have to rebound pretty quickly because at six and six, they are crowded a bunch with a bunch of other teams. Good news for them. They are playing the Chargers this week and the Chargers, uh, as Patriots fans know, suck ass. So uh, good for the Broncos. Good for the Broncos is right, Bruno. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens coming up here. I Texans are a fun team. Obviously, the loss of Tank Dell not yeah. fantastic for that moving forward but 
uh, it's a team that low key you can be excited about. So uh, we'll see what happens for both those teams moving forward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm not right about much anymore. No, okay. Fuck. First of all, shut the fuck up. You're right about everything. So I'm just going to stop you before you get into your soliloquy, Kurt. Fuck you. You're right about everything. Great word. Great word. Vocab <laughs> word. SAT word. Bruno, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You're in lead. You're in the lead for pick six. So suck my One clit. Game. How about that? Oh, that's the podcast episode title this week. Uh, I would get flagged, I think. We would no longer have a podcast. Bruno, I'm not right about much these days, but I was right about one thing, and it is that the 49ers are such a far superior team to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this game didn't start great for the San Francisco 49ers. They went to Philadelphia, and all of a sudden, it was looking a little slicey-dicey there at the beginning of this game because the the Eagles kind of, that first quarter, really belonged to Philadelphia. They now they didn't score very much, but they they did kind of dominate the 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 statistics. Now that doesn't matter because the scoreboard didn't say much. They're only up six nothing at the end of the first quarter, but they severely outgained San Francisco. San Francisco didn't look that good on either side of the ball necessarily. Uh but oh, I'll tell you what. Boy, gentlemen, start your engines. They just waited a quarter. So essentially in three quarters the 49ers put up 42 points. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm talking every single player on this team got involved. Ayuk was catching touchdown passes. Christian McCaffrey was running in touchdown passes. Debo Samuel was running in touchdown passes. Debo Samuel had himself a fucking game. Three touchdowns yeah. in this one. Uh, he had four receptions for 116 yards, two touchdowns, and like I said, ran one in. Uh, Christian McCaffrey efficient on the ground again. Brock Purdy efficient. 19 of 27 for 314 yards and four touchdowns. Here's my thing with the Eagles. Bruno, when they're at their best, when they are when they are at their best, they are effectively running the football. They got their they got their doors blown off and they weren't they weren't able to run it. Jalen Hurts is your leading rusher with 20 yards. That's oh boy. That's tough. If you're not balanced against a team like the 49ers and they can pin their ears back and chase Young and Bosa and all those dudes are coming at you. Odds are you're probably not going to go too well, and it didn't go too well. Jalen Hurts was sacked, I believe, five times. I'm trying to see here, let me see. Sacks, 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 sacks. Sacks. Oh, four times. Okay, not as many as I thought, but still, yeah, they, yeah. they were getting pressure on him whenever they wanted to. Uh, Brock Purdy was only sacked twice in this game. Bruno, it just these teams. What do you think, Bruno? It's just two teams that are like. I just believe on different classes of the NFL right now. I just believe the 49ers are up there with the best of the best. And I believe the Eagles are somewhere in, the, in that good tier. I do think the Eagles are a good football team. They are. But I don't think they're great. And I, I, I said that before the podcast. I thought the 49ers would, would win by double, digit, double digits. They did just that. So 42-19 final score. Yeah, you called it, Kurt. You said this literally basically on pick six. You were like, they're going to win by like 20. So you literally could not have been more right for this game. Um The Eagles have consistently been finding ways to win all year. And again, they're the team that made it to the Super Bowl last year. So like they obviously are good. Like we're not going to say it's coming out of nowhere. But again, we have been talking all year, whether it's one score wins, struggling against teams they should blow out. Like it hasn't looked like they're this dominant team. And they finally play a team that is a dominant team. And look what happens. They get their doors blown off. So I will say like obviously the Eagles have been a little more consistent all year because they didn't have a three game losing streak like the 49ers did. But it does kind of feel like the 49ers ceiling is higher, like definitively higher than the Eagles, right? Because like, we, you know, they if the 49ers beat the doors off them and they did that in three quarters. Imagine if the 49ers had done that in all four quarters, they would have had over 50 points. So uh, like you said, the 49ers, I think, are the team to beat. And you know what, Kurt, is crazy? This game was in Philly. So even if the 49ers don't get the one seed, say the Phillies or, or Phillies, say the Eagles, or even if the Cowboys get the one seed somehow, I don't think the 49ers even have to be worried because they literally just went into Philadelphia and beat the piss out of the Eagles. So uh, good for the 49ers. Great win for them. Kurt, that brings us to our final non-Patriots game of the week. Uh, and we're going to save this one because I don't really want to talk about the Patriots. We have Packers and Chiefs. Uh, this was Sunday Night Football. Kurt, I don't know about you, but what the fuck? Packers 27, Chiefs 19. I know this aren't the Chiefs of old. This isn't a game I thought was going to go this way. 
I don't know about you, Kurt, but I was just watching this game kind of waiting. I was like, are the Packers going to, like, lose control at some point? Are the Chiefs going to start doing anything at some point? There were definitely some lucky bounces that went the Packers' way, like some ridiculous fourth and one Jordan Love fucking chucking up a ball and it going right to Romeo Dubes or whatever. Like, there were some of those plays, and that wasn't even the only one. But even still... The Packers played like a composed playoff been there before team and the Chiefs were the ones struggling who couldn't make the plays and they needed to make the plays. So as a not Chiefs fan, I wasn't mad about it, but I was just kind of watching like, what am I like? Is this the Packers are watching? The Packers are six and six. I think they've won four games in a row or something like that. Yep. Not what I thought was going to not what I thought was I was going to see from the Packers because at one point this year they were ass. Uh, I guess if you're the Packers, things to touch on. So Jordan Love. There was all this hubba-bubba, hubba-bubba, brew-ha-ha, Bruno-ha-ha, all this shit going on about how his first NFL start was against the Packers, uh, against the Chiefs two years ago, and he lost and looked like ass two years ago. I think that was the game that Aaron Rodgers was injured for or something, so that's why he started two years ago. He had COVID. Oh, classic. Uh, Well, he was immunized. I guess he wasn't immune to COVID, but he was immunized. That's his words, not mine. Um, So he said he had this game circled on his calendar for a long time, Jordan Love did good i mean i don't think the chiefs gave a fuck that they beat you two years ago i don't think they even remembered that coming to this game but good for you you're using that as bolts and board material you know the old the patriots of old used to do that for every little slide so jordan love if you want to do that that's great i'm glad you circled this game two years ago and are waiting for this point um that's one thing to kind of touch on another thing to touch on is just the fact that again jordan love there were some ups and downs earlier this year it's still early, but I think like as they've won all these games in a row, as he's gotten more starts under his belt, as he continues to look more confident in the offense and like making plays. And again, the offense that he has is the offense Aaron Rodgers left. And we all remember shitting on this wide receiving core and offense because they're like, give Aaron Rodgers some help. So it's not like Jordan Love is doing this with the 49ers cast of characters. He's still doing this with a lot of the people that were there. And yeah, Christian Watson's there and he's decent. Romeo Dubes or however you say his name is decent. But again, it's not like he's playing with an all-star level around him of talent. And yet he's still playing well. So I guess if you're the Packers, it's looking like he's probably the guy, which is kind of crazy through all the ups and downs. And he's sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and doing the same thing that Rodgers did for Brett Favre. So I think through the Packers, you're pretty, no matter what happens this year, you're pretty happy to see the like ups and downs, but like steady growth of Jordan Love. Uh, another thing to note here, I, they were making a big deal about this as well. Matt LaFleur and the Packers are 16-0 and in December, which is kind of fucking nuts. That's some Belichick shit right there. Like, remember when it was like, oh, the Patriots season doesn't even, I mean, we used to say it doesn't start to the AFC Championship, but we the Patriots would often have some early losses, but then like once it reached like November, December, we would just never lo- lose, uh, put it in the Louvre. Uh, that's some shit that Matt LaFleur can say about his team. 16 in December is pretty crazy. If you're the Chiefs, they're going to regret this game because uh, they've been finding ways to win, but they could not find a way to win against the Packers. At 8-4, and four, not a bad record, obviously. And like they had some good stuff this game. Isaiah Pacheco had over 100 yards uh, rushing and a touchdown. He was ejected towards the end of the game. Um, and again, they drove down at the end of the game and Patrick Mahomes got intercepted in the end zone. So theoretically, you know, with a two point conversion, they could have tied it up at the end of the game. So I guess you can say that, but still like, that's not, that's kind of loser talk if you're a Chiefs fan, right? The Chiefs win Super Bowls. Chiefs don't struggle to like beat the Packers in December, right? So if you're the Chiefs, I think you're concerned. It's not like I'm downplaying the experience that the Chiefs have and Andy Reid as a coach and Patrick Mahomes as a leader. But like we said this earlier, it's been 12 games and they're still struggling to score over 20 points. Don't get me wrong, if the Patriots scored 19 points, I would be thrilled. But if you're the Chiefs, if you're trying to get the number one seed, if you're trying to win another Super Bowl, this isn't really looking like a team that's firing on all cylinders. And again, Kurt, you were pulling up the standings a lot. They are eight and four. They So the Ravens and Dolphins are both nine and three. So the Chiefs need help if they want to have a chance for the one seed. I don't really know who would have the tiebreaker there, but they need some help. The Jaguars are also eight and four. So the Chiefs, you know, if they were going to try to depend on the one seed and having home field advantage the whole playoffs, they got a road to even get to be able to get the number one seed, and I don't even know if they're going to get it. So that's a real shame, Kurt. That's a real shame. Bruno, it's so interesting you bring up the one seed because here's my thing here. Realistically, it's probably between the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins for that number one seed. Okay? Sure. I'm trying to think of who I believe has the biggest home field advantage. Like, if the games are at Arrowhead, I don't love your odds. I don't love the fact Chiefs get to have a, a bye week. And then you're playing at Arrowhead when it's cold, yeah. and those fans are going are going out of their fucking minds. Yeah. But in the same breath, if somehow the Dolphins hold on 
and the Dolphins get the one seed. Can you imagine like Baltimore where it's cold or Kansas City where it's cold going to play in Miami in January when it's still 80 fucking degrees? Like that's a huge home field advantage. I would love to see the Dolphins be the one seed. That would that would make me borderline erect. So really anyone but the Chiefs. I just don't want the Chiefs to get a bye. I don't want the games in Arrowhead. I would just like something different. And I'm sure this is how people felt about the Patriots. I'm sure it is. I get it. Hand up. I get it. I know this is not fun for the NFL. I'm at that point. I don't want to see the Chiefs again. Make it fun. Make it interesting. Someone other than the Chiefs. And in this game, Bruno, yes, they lost. And that was surprising. The most surprising thing for me is how disinterested the Chiefs looked in this game. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. Like, you guys are playing meaningful games in December. Like, let's pick your shit up here a little bit. And they, they, they weren't doing it. Yeah, they, they simply weren't doing it, Kurt. And I agree with you. It was like the urgency wasn't there. It's weird because it's like, I don't know if they're seeing ghosts like Zach Wilson. I don't know if all this Scantling and all the receivers are like afraid. They're pulling a Zach Wilson, seeing ghosts literally, and saying, I don't want to be thrown the ball because we're going to be scared that we're going to drop it. I don't know what it is if you're the Chiefs. Obviously, Mahomes, we trust. Obviously, Kelsey, you know, has done a lot of attention recently, but he's still balling out. But there are only two guys. There's nine other guys on the field on offense, and they need all nine to be doing their parts. So, yeah, Kurt, I, I agree with you. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull it together over these last five games that they got, because if they kind of are, if this is the level they're playing at the end of the regular season, I would not be very confident in the Chiefs odds in the playoffs. Nope. Uh, Bruno, it's time to talk about a team who's not going to playoffs. Let's talk some Patriots. Bruno, the Patriots dropped their 248th straight game, uh, this time losing 6-0 to nothing to the Los Angeles Chargers. That's right. Not even one touchdown was scored in this game, and the Patriots still lost. So uh, they are inventing new ways to lose football games, and I'm inventing new ways to not try to fucking off myself after watching them play football every Sunday. Good news. They play Thursday, so I will try to off myself earlier in the week this week. Dude, I cannot wait to have a Sunday to not watch the Patriots. It's going to feel so great. Like, I just, it's going to be a great and glorious Sunday. We can just enjoy it without even having to deal with that bullshit. Uh, yeah. Kurt, 6 nothing. not even a touchdown in this game, not even a point for the Patriots in this game. It's like, what are we, it's like we're saying the same shit every week, but now it's even more pathetic because at least we had some points in previous games, right? And that's a fucking pathetic thing to say, but I'm saying it. And now here we are. We just watched a full Patriots game against a team that sucks. Like, make no mistake about it. The Chargers suck, and they shut us out. Like, what the fuck? Bruno, we've scored one touchdown. One touchdown. <laughs> in our last three football games. We lost 10-6 to to the Colts in Germany. We lost 10-7. to to the Giants, and then we lost 6 nothing to the Chargers at home. <laughs> hey, Bailey Zappi played quarterback, though, so woo! <laughs> Good news. He also sucks. He's so horrible. I mentioned, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Uh, I'm not right about much. I was also correct that he blows. He sucks a major donkey dick. He's also terrible. He's so, so fucking bad, Kurt. People are like, oh, if you have two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. Well, if you have no quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And that's all <laughs> I have to say about that. We don't have a quarterback, Bruno. It was that bad. And we're getting to the point now, Bruno. We're getting to the point. The defense is starting to get annoyed with the offense. And we were waiting for this to happen. We were waiting for it to boil over. It appears it has boiled over. I mean, you had comments from Adrian Phillips. You had comments from Jabril Peppers. You had comments from Teacher Wise. You had some big comments from Devon Godshaw. Like, they're not happy. And I, like, it gets to the point, Bruno, in the NFL, right? Contracts aren't incredibly long in the NFL. You have a very short window where you're 
an NFL football player. So when you're when you're messing with someone's money, which really the offense being as bad as it is makes this Patriots defense look worse because they're on the field the entire time. The defense has more of a risk to get hurt. They're not playing any meaningful games, all because your offense is atrociously bad. So you you really are messing with some people's money in the fact that like you're not you're not allowing them to live up to their full potential either. Bruno, I have some ridiculous stats I want to read to you very quickly. Okay? I'm ready, sadly. Okay. So the Patriots defense has allowed just 26 points and 3.9 yards per play in their last three games. That is like legendary shit from the <laughs> Patriots. Okay? Legendary shit. In the last 10 years, okay? That's a full fucking decade, pal. In the last 10 years, there have been 34 instances of a team having a three-game stretch where they've allowed 26 points or less, okay? So 34 times it's happened in 10 years. Not very often. Of those 34 times it happened, 30 of those teams went 3-0 and in that stretch. <laughs> Three went 2-1. and one. Nobody has had one loss or less. The goddamn fucking New England Patriots oh God. just went... Owen three and scored 13 points in a three game stretch. So how about them fucking apples? This Patriots offense is the most incompetent and worst offense statistically in the NFL since 1938. <laughs> Bruno newsflash Super Bowls don't even go back that far. 19. 19- 38 is the last time. They didn't even wear helmets back then. Kurt, there was only one world war at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. We preceded <laughs> World War II. <laughs> we oh. preceded guns. They had oh muskets. My God. They were still reading gun germs and steel fresh off the presses. Oh, my God. Someone fucking shoot me. Someone shoot me. I can't do this oh anymore. Oh, my God. Kurt, and that, I'm not going to lie to you. It's pretty safe to say the stat that you just said. Like, you know how we talk about records that won't be broken? There's just no way there's going to be another team that lets up 26 points across three games and goes 0-3 ever again. Like, there wasn't this whole time, and we're a shooting star. Be happy you witnessed that miracle, and there will never be another team. So, at least there's that. Hey, Patriots are always making history, you know? Well, <laughs> one way or another. Way or another. Buddy. <laughs> all... Here's another crazy thing, okay? The Chargers have failed to reach 10 points in just three of Justin Herbert's 61 NFL starts. Two of them have been against the Patriots. The Patriots helped beat them 45 nothing with Cam oh, Newton. I remember that game. 45 nothing with Cam Newton and Gunnar Olszewski. <laughs> Don't in 2020, that. and we and they won six nothing last week against the Patriots. So, twice in his career has he been held to to ten points or less. Twice against Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's got him got him fucking figured out. Here's the thing too: Patriots defense is beat up. They're hurting. They're not very good. Well, pause. They are pretty good. They're just not very like big names that you hear on the TV very often. They're fucking balling. They are fucking balling. <laughs> And now they have Mitch Trubisky this this week. They might not give up a touchdown this week. We'll still lose, but they might not give up a touchdown. They're playing it out of their hurt. fucking minds. Dude, you know what nobody is talking about? Like e- exactly to the point that you just made. We're we're what is the difference between us and the Jets? We're li- like I know we're shitting on the Jets because it's funny and they had championship aspirations, but like it's the same conversation. The Jets were supposed to have this insane defense. They've had a really good defense this year. They again, they have way more other pieces on offense. So that's probably the biggest difference. But the story has been their offense is just completely down, letting down their defense, and there's been like revolts in the locker room. It's pretty much the same shit, which is kind of crazy that like we're saying the same shit with the Patriots. But you're so right. Like I can't even imagine what it's like as a team right now. Like the defense is out there. What do you think practices are like? Like, does the offense do anything in practice? Like, do you think the defense in practice is just like these guys are the worst team we've ever seen? Like, that must be fucking so bad. So Tommy Curran said that 
<laughs> there was like a huge fight at Patriots practice last week. Shocked. Shocking. Bailey Zappi, I guess, threw three picks in the three oh straight two-minute drills. Oh and the God. defense, I guess, just was fucking giving it to the offense. And at one point, like, um, like Christian Barmore, like, like essentially like teabagged Bailey Sappy. <laughs> this is my live reaction. I had not heard or read that at all. And Christian I'm Barmore, that. like, that's literally that's the like teabagged him. all season. Oh and like God. David Andrews tried to fight Christian Barmore oh and like Devonte Parker's out here trying to act tough and like telling the defense to fuck off and pull their weight. Devonte Bar- Parker, oh, pull your buddy. weight and pull your weight and go and fucking go anywhere else. But here, I'm so tired of him. The one play the Patriots could have scored on this week was an end around to Tyquan Thornton. He would have scored. But Devontae Parker didn't block. So, But Devontae Parker's holding his finger up like for holding a one-up for a touchdown as Tyquan Thornton's getting tackled by the guy he could be blocking. So, Devontae Parker, you can go shove that and pull your weight next time, pal. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Christian Barmore teabagging, <laughs> teabagging <laughs> Bailey Zappi is the video I need to see. I, need, I don't give a fuck if that video leak would destroy the team. I don't care, Kurt. I need to see. Like, I need to go on a quest to find that video because that's the most fucking funny thing I've heard all week, and that would be the highlight of the season. I'm not even joking you. That would literally be the highlight of our season. Chris, my two favorite players are Christian Barmore oh. and Jabril Peppers and Demario Douglas. But <laughs> you Christian, look who we ask, boy. <laughs> Christian Barmore has skyrocketed up my player <laughs> rankings. Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. So yeah, Kurt, you know, also, that, that, this what is what we're doing. I was trying to think of the words he kept call. I guess he was talking about the Patriots quarterbacks, Barmore, and just referred to them as, quote, doo-doo cheeks. Well, I mean, is he wrong? He's on wiped ass, baby. <laughs> Maybe he was listening to our podcast here and we got him all fired up. Well, now Christian Barmore, yeah, we're talking about you on this week's episode, pal. You teabagging son oh. of a bitch. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. That's Bruno. fucking funny. There's nothing to talk about. We fucking suck. It is what it is. I do want to talk about one thing because the only thing that is even remotely exciting is talking about what is what lies ahead for this Patriots team. Sure. Okay. Defense is pretty good. Well documented at this point. Defense is pretty good. I was looking today at what, what the Patriots have coming back offensively. Bruno. This is a massive rebuild that's coming down the pike. So, yes, if the Patriots get the number one or number two pick, that's awesome. You're going to get an elite player potentially, okay? But there are some gaping holes to fill on this Patriots offense. Oh, boy. boy. Let me tell you who's under contract next year for the Patriots. That's what you're starting. When you're starting it like that, I'm immediately concerned. Okay, so we have a lot of money in free agency. We have we're gonna have a lot of draft picks. Great. Here are the tight ends under contract next year. We don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna at least say one name. <laughs> Hunter Henry, free agent. Mike Kosicki, free agent. Farrell Brown, free agent. We don't have a They're tight end on the roster. They're gone as fuck. All three of those guys are gone as fuck. Okay, the t- the offensive tackles. We have under contract next year. Andrew Stuber, <laughs> Vidarian Lowe, <laughs> and Calvin Anderson. That's our <laughs> That's our that's our tackles. Tackles, tackles, tackles. So Trent Brown, free agent. Uh Mike Unwenu, free agent. Oh, okay. Christ. Quarterbacks, you we talked. We you don't have any. They're gone. You, They're gone. <laughs> you have Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Okay, but you don't have any quarterbacks. No, yeah. Bruno. The wide receivers under contract next year. <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> he has no knees. <laughs> that no knees, son of a bitch. <laughs> Devonte Parker, who we signed oh, for the next three years. Fire me up. Tyquan Thornton, who has two catches this year. Speedster, Kayshawn Booty, who has one catch this year, <laughs> and Demario Douglas is the only one who's exciting. Oh Bruno, let's talk about running backs we have next year. 
<laughs> We're going to keep going, Kurt. I don't have any more laughs. This is the only position group left. <laughs> we have okay. our, our, our running back depth chart next year. Ramondre Stevenson. Not one other back is <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, free agent. Ty Montgomery, free agent. Uh, what the fuck is a little man? JJ Taylor, free agent. Jesus. Bruno, we, we need a whole new team. Get <laughs> Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing, but holy shit. Uh, Bruno, I didn't name many people on the, on the roster right there. Kurt, I know. That, that really just got to me. I'm not gonna lie. That really just got to me. And so I'm trying to trying to settle back down here and 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 think about that in all actuality. Um, that's wild. I'm not gonna lie to you. That is wild. Uh, I think you can make an argument that that might be too many players to be losing in general. But at the same time, if you want to rebuild, yet yeah, let's clean the fucking house. Like that's honestly, if you just want a new coach to come in and you want a brand new quarterback to come in, and you want to completely rebuild, fucking level that shit and start from zero, baby. So I guess what you could say to a coach is, you'd be coming in with no pressure because our entire team is gone, and our all, many coaches will be gone too, uh, and you will have a chance to completely shape the roster how you see it, or I guess with the GM. So in, in a way, that's good. There's going to be a fuck ton of work our scouts and fucking all those people are going to have to do, obviously. So like they're going to have to fucking take all your vacation time right now during the season while we're fucking ass because you're going to have no vacation time in the off in the off season. Uh, but Kurt, that is absolutely fucking wild. I had I didn't realize it was that like pronounced. It's that bleak, pal. It's that bleak. Matt Grow, you have your work cut out for you this year if you're yeah. even still around. Bruno, I have one last question and then I'm shutting the fuck up because I'm tired of talking about the Patriots. If you. Mm. Do you want Gerard Mayo to be the next head coach of the Patriots, or you want someone from the outside? Report today, so you know. Report today, the Titans have no plans of moving on from Mike Vrabel. I, I don't blame the Titans if they're. The, I mean, I don't blame the Titans for saying that. Um, it's not like it's personal against Gerard Mayo, but we are rapidly, rapidly, rapidly reaching the point where I just need a full reset from pretty much every coach that we have. It's it's a little unfair to say, though, because Gerard Mayo is a defensive-minded guy, and who knows? Maybe he's the reason he has an injured defense missing a lot of star power playing at an unbelievably high level. That's probably also Belichick, because he's always been a defensive coach. But like you could say that's been Mayo, too, in some sense. But just the more time that goes... like The start of the season, I was kind of defending Bill O'Brien a little bit, and it's probably not 100% his fault. It's kind of even getting to that point with him, where I'm like, if we're not even scoring a fucking single point, and you're the offensive coordinator... What the fuck? Like, why would I want that back? So, I don't know. If Belichick goes, I think you also need to get rid of a fair amount of coaches that were, like, associated with him or have been here a long time. Because if you just have the same pretty much culture or or, or set of coaches that were with him without him as a head coach, I don't know how much good that does. If Mayo's, like, the one guy we keep and we really believe in him, I would be okay trying it. But it's also, like, at the same time, if we're going to draft a franchise quarterback, don't you want, like, a young offensive-minded coach to come in and be like, you know, Mike McDaniels to Tua and bring out the best new quarterback. Not saying Gerard Mayo is incapable of that, but like he's known for his defense, not his offense. So, so Bruno, another thing too, my last question. <clears throat> I'm willing to put a lot of money in some way, shape, or form a Patriots draft or quarterback next year in the draft, whether it's the okay. first round or the second round or the third round. They're coming out of there with a quarterback somewhere. Better be the first okay. rounder. Would you rather... Okay, so take for just take it with the grain of salt that they will be drafting a rookie quarterback. The number two quarterback for the Patriots, would you rather it be Mac Jones as the backup for three million dollars? He's on the he he's technically on the roster for three million dollars next year, or would you rather cut into that you know salary cap a little bit more and go sign a guy like? Jacoby Brissett for nine million dollars. Like, what would you rather have, Jacoby Brissett for like nine million or Mac for like three? I'm gonna hit you with something you didn't see coming, Kurt. Caleb Williams in the first round, some random guy in the fifth round, double quarterback in the draft. I don't give a fuck. Get Mac Jones out of here, Kurt. If we keep him around, what I already compared us to the Jets once. 
we're one injury to whoever the starter is away from being the Jets again when we bench our guy who's our top draft pick. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're the starter again. We're going to be the Jets of next year if we do that. I don't want to be the Jets of next year. I don't want to be the Jets ever, really. So I hear what you're saying. I think like if I'm if I'm just taking a serious listen to what you're saying, that is a completely valid point. Would that take money away that we can use to address the gaping holes that we have on our roster? Sure. Like I do hear that argument. But if there's either you draft two quarterbacks and address it or if you go get a veteran guy for like not that much more than three million for Mac Jones, I would much rather that if they do that route and they cite like, hey, we need flexibility financially somewhere. I can understand it. I just, if I could choose, I wouldn't even want to deal with that. Fair enough, brother. Uh, I got nothing else. You got anything else? Kurt, I got nothing else. It is just at this point, like I'm, I, I have, I, when you were saying who was going to be on our team next year, I had tears in my eyes. I was literally crying, not out of pain because I was so fucking funny just to talk about who's going to be on our team this year. It's not been that bad to talk about who's on our team right tight now. End? Zero tight ends. Yeah. Uh, and... It's the offensive tackles for me. It's, yeah. The Darian Lowe, Calvin <laughs> Anderson, and who I don't remember, fucking remember the other guy. Let's get you know who we need to get out of out of retirement. Jake motherfucking Largue. Get him on our team. I don't know if he was a tackler or not. I don't give a fuck. Learn it, buddy. Get ready he to learn tackle, tackle, buddy. He could not be worse than what I just named. So I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying. So we'll we'll get into oh, who we have to get. Stuber, Stuber, Andrew yeah, Stuber, yeah, fucking Darian, Stuber. fucking Stuber. Darian guy. Oh, okay. Respect. Keep him on the team. Happy about that guy. Laughing at the other guys. He's, blue he's, wave. Respect for life. He's bad. Okay. Anyway. That's, okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, Kurt, all I heard you say was he's rad. He's a rad guy. So, uh, and Brad, yeah. you were just saying a mix of rad and Brad. Um, so Kurt, I got nothing else. I, I, I'm very nervous for tomorrow. I normally say that because I'm nervous we're going to win or sorry, we're going to lose. I'm very nervous. We're going to win like very, very nervous. So like in a way, Patriots games are back. We're excited. I'm like kind of nervous to watch. Like, so in a weird way, I'm going to be like nervous about it all day. I haven't felt that in a while. So that'll be Kayshawn Booty and Demario Douglas have been ruled out. So you are rolling out the same and Ramondre's out. So your your two best skill guys <laughs> and Ramondre and Demario Douglas are out. So <laughs> if Zeke just decides to eat tomorrow and have the game of his career, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Let me tell you that. I don't want any part of that. Any part of that. I mean. Um, I did pick him up in fantasy, so I'm considering starting him. Me too. But, uh, Me too. Me that too. will be a decision I make tomorrow. Um, Kurt, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I think we're going to talk about this more. I think we're going to do pick six tomorrow because the Patriots are playing tomorrow. So we'll talk about that in a bit. So stay tuned, all of you lovely peoples out there, for some pick six action uh, tomorrow at some point before the game. But Kurt, it's been fun. It's been an absolute pleasure. Kurt's fucking losing his shit right now. <laughs> Losing his shit and losing his shirt right now. So we are gonna fucking take this opportunity to see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye guys.